Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Shares for beginners. We all know that if you buy something and then the share price goes up, you sell it. That's typically how most people invest. But there are times where you think, oh, I think the asset of something is going to fall. And that's when you go short. You're anticipating that there's going to be a fall in the share price. And minis allow you to go both long and short, meaning you don't have to just try and trade thinking that you know the market's going to go up. If you anticipate a fall, you can potentially use mini shorts. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello. What is leverage and how does it affect your risk? What can it mean for your portfolio if you don't understand this risk? I'm joined today by Liz Tian. Hello, Liz. Hi, Phil. How are you? Good, good. Liz Tian is from City and she's Director of Equity, Derivatives and Global Markets. But before we go into leverage and risk and so forth, tell us a bit about your background and your experience in the world of financial services. So Phil, I, I was really lucky. After I finished my studies, I saw this job ad and at that point in time, I didn't know, but it ended up being Comsec when Commonwealth Bank decided to start up this stockbroking firm. And so I knew nothing at all about, you know, markets, nothing about share trading, but I applied for the role and they told me, oh, they liked me because I happened to smile a lot in the interview. And the great thing was, you know, there was a group of about 12 of us and most of us knew nothing about the financial markets. We had a great six-week training course where they really taught us, you know, all the basics and kind of what we needed to know. So that was a great start. And I've been in, you know, finance since then, really enjoyed. It's obviously changed a lot in the last 15, 20 years without giving away my age. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people did start in ComSec, didn't they? It was one of those things where they were just employing anyone to person the phones and uh, deal with clients. Yeah, no, absolutely. So many of us, you know, even to today, when I kind of meet people, nearly half the people you meet, they somehow started working at Comsec at some point in time. So it was a great opportunity for, you know, all of us kind of newbies who knew nothing, kind of get all that training and um, get that, you know, foot into the finance industry. So what were some of the things that they were training you? What were they teaching you at that time? Really, really, it's amazing. I look back in hindsight now and it was so valuable. Basic things even like, you know, when you buy shares, how many days does it take to settle? Most of us use a system called Iris, how to use it to bring up the share price. I mean, I remember I couldn't even understand at that point in time, you know, BHP, how does it turn from $14 to $14.20 where the TV, you know, every day they go a BHP share price is $14.20 today. Like what, what makes that change? So, you know, really basics of what the share market is. You know, we started to learn all the different shares there are out there and operationally how things work, how people physically buy a share and sell a share. 
So we're going to focus a bit on leverage and risk today because that's really where you're working now. So describe leverage to us. How does leverage work? So, Phil, I kind of think of leverage as a fancy finance word for borrowing. And, you know, most of us know what borrowing is. We all, nearly all of us, have had to borrow to buy things, like whether it's a car or whether it's your first property or an investment property. Leverage is another way of saying borrowing. So where you may not have the money to buy say the car or your house in full, hardly any of us do, especially when we start, and where we then go to the bank and borrow so that we can actually buy that asset. So what I do is we provide leverage to help people buy shares or ETFs, which are funds of shares. So this is a different kind of leverage to the traditional kind of leverage. I mean, I've had personal poor experience with margin loans. So we're not talking margin loans here. What's a margin loan? So a margin loan is a special type of loan that people can get from you know the banks to buy specifically shares. And I suppose one of the risks with margin loans is that if the share price falls, you have things like margin calls and you can lose more than what you've put in. The type of borrowing we provide with warrants is it's still leverage. I mean, there's still a lot of risks around that. Shares can be very volatile. And if you're borrowing, you know, you can potentially get really magnified gains, but you can get magnified losses. But the main difference between our type of borrowing or leverage and a margin loan is you don't get margin called and you can lose only what you put in. Now, I'm saying, oh, you can only lose what you put in. I suppose a big proviso of that is you can still lose everything that you've put in if the shares fall enough. But then if you've only invested 2000 you can lose your full 2000 but you don't have to give the bank more than that. What's a margin call? So when you borrow to buy an asset, if the asset keeps falling, the bank will ask you to keep putting money in. So you'll get a phone call and you have typically 24 hours to put in more money. And if you don't, your shares get sold. And you just have to cop any loss that you've... Correct. So it is important. I mean, I've had a margin loan before. I had it through the GFC. I had it through big sell-off we saw with COVID in March. I have only been, luckily, in a margin call once. So the important thing, whether it's a margin loan or any type of borrowing or any type of share investment, is you've got to take into account things like how much can you lose? You know, you don't want to take on more than what you can potentially lose. So I am fairly conservative with my gearing. It's only a small portion of my investments. I don't borrow too much and I make sure I have the cash flow where if things are falling, the share price is falling, I can make those margin call payments. And other ways of finding leverage are through CFDs and options as well. Yes, they're all different types of leverage with different features. So it is quite important for someone who's starting out and looking at leverage to kind of really do a lot of research. Some types of leverage are higher risk than others. And, you know, typically CFDs are higher risk 
than say something where you might just take a 50% geared borrowing if you've got lucky enough to have say a line of credit from your uh, property but you know this there's no one that is right or wrong it also depends on how you use it and what you're actually buying I mean it's very different if you take borrowing to buy blue chip shares versus borrowing to buy more speculative highly volatile shares. And some products like CFDs are pretty heavily marketed as well. And um, I'd just like to point out at this stage that it's a bit of a warning for listeners as well to watch out for those brightly coloured ads that you see about CFDs and how you can become a great trader with them. (laughs) Let's move on to warrants, which your company, City and City First, look after. What is a warrant? So... A warrant is a type of investment. Now, normally you can have very many different features with warrants, but more often than not, it's a type of borrowing. So a warrant is in most cases, obviously, you know, different warrants have slightly different features. It is important that you kind of know what you're buying before you buy it. But very generally speaking, it's almost buying shares in two parts. Buy one part now and pay the second part, the loan, later. So it's almost a little bit like shares on lay-by or a buy now, pay later type of structure in a simple kind of way. Okay, well, let's have a look at minis first. What's a mini warrant? What's the characteristics of it and how can investors use them? So we've got two broad types of warrants and, you know, the ASX and SIBO kind of define warrants as trading style and investment style. Now, the trading style tend to be for people who want more leverage and, you know, usually just for shorter term and you can go long or short. Now, what does that mean, Phil? You know, we all know that if you buy something and then the share price goes up, you sell it. That's typically how most people invest. But there are times where you think, oh, I think the asset of something is going to fall and that's when you go short you anticipating that there's going to be a fall in the share price and minis allow you to go both long and short meaning you don't have to just try and trade thinking that you know the market's going to go up if you anticipate a fall you can potentially use mini shorts and minis can be over shares They can be over the index like the ASX 200 or even international indices like the NASDAQ or the Dow Jones or the S&P 500 and commodities and currencies. Gee, that'd have to be pretty sophisticated doing commodities or um, foreign exchange. Absolutely. I mean, it is quite complex. It is very important that, you know, you've got to take into account lots more different things like FX, the fact that overnight markets in the US are trading and, you know, therefore you're also exposed to that volatility overnight as well. Okay, well, let's have a specific example of a mini and over one particular company, okay, just to make it really simple. I'm assuming there's three aspects. It's the company, there's the amount of leverage and the stop loss that's involved. So for a mini, say on, let's use ComBank as an example, we might have 20 or 30 minis over ComBank. You can either go, as I said, long or short. So if you think ComBank's going to go up, you would go long. If you think it's going to fall, you would go short. Now, using long on ComBank, if it's $100 today, we might have minis on ComBank with an $80 loan. Therefore, it's basically saying, I'm going to buy ComBank at $100. I'm going to borrow $80 from Citi and therefore I've got to put in $20. 
or someone else might go, oh, that's a little bit too aggressive for me. I'll buy Combank at $100. I'll pick the one where I borrow $50 from Citi and I'll put in 50 myself. So we've got a range of Combank minis with different gearing levels and different stop losses as well. And you know, you pick the one that is most suited to your time frame and your kind of the risk you want to take on. And so if you buy these warrants, say you buy a hundred warrants for Combank, City is then buying a hundred full shares of Combank. Yes. So when you go in and you buy that 100 Combank minis, behind the scenes, we're actually buying the Combank shares because we're basically providing you a loan. And then when you sell your Combank minis, we're selling the Combank shares. So just like if you imagine you had bought Commonwealth Bank shares and they go up $5 in the period that you hold it, you're going to make $5 on the mini. And if it falls $4, you're going to lose $4 on the mini. So the mini moves cent for cent with a share price, just like you're the holder of the shares. And on top of that, you do pay an interest cost. So it will move cent for cent with any movement of the share price and obviously taking into account the interest cost, which currently is 5.2% on the longs and 3.3% on the shorts for the minis on shares. And how is the interest charged? Interest is capitalised daily on the minis. Sorry, just explain that because it's a bit of a hard concept for beginners to understand, but it's deducted every day. So the price of the mini warrant is reduced by the interest amount every day. Is that how it works? Correct. So let's say you've bought Combank and you hold it for a whole year and the Combank share price never moves. You buy it on day one, it's $100. Day 365, it's still $100. Your mini price is going to be less by one year's worth of interest. So when you buy it and sell it, it's taking into account that interest rate that you've paid. With mini warrants, are you eligible to receive the dividends as well? So it depends on whether you're long or short. Mm -hmm. You will receive the benefit of the dividends if you're long and you will pay for it if you're short, just like if you were holding the shares. Oh, so you actually pay the dividends if you're going short. Correct. That's something to be really careful that, about that if you don't know that. That yeah. is, because essentially when you've gone short, you've borrowed someone else's shares and that person needs to receive their dividends. So instalment minis, this is a kind of warrant that's more suitable for people for investing, I guess, with a more of a long-term time frame. Tell us about those. Yes, so Phil, I mentioned, you know, you've got two broad types. You've got the trading and you've got the investment style. Now, installment minis sit in that investment style product. It's typically people who don't want as much leverage. So they might borrow, say, anything from 30% to 70%. You can choose to have the dividends go into your bank account or used to reduce the loan. And you'll get a tax statement in the year saying, this is my dividend income, these are my franking credits, and this is the interest I've paid. And it's fairly popular with self-managed super funds. So someone who's a new investor coming in, how would they look at one of these warrants to maybe get a, a foothold in the market? Just give us an example of that. Yeah, so you buy and sell these through your broker, such as Comsec or NAB Trade. So they're exchange traded. You just buy and sell these on the exchange Correct. like any other. Just like any like other share. share. If you happen to buy a warrant on Combank, you'll sit alongside your other share. So you see your BHP and NAB shares, and then you'll see this Combank warrant. Your 
share trading account will need to have a warrant agreement form. It's a one-off, but you can just buy and sell through your broker. Obviously, there's a lot of different warrants, lots of different features. Best thing is to call our desk. We've got some trading guides, some videos, but even just to ask us so we can guide you through, you know, all the very many different variations and features. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. But in the simplest example, say you wanted to buy Commonwealth Bank using a warrant and an instalment warrant can be used, I'm assuming, to pay off the loan using the dividends. Is that correct? Yes. So we've got different styles of instalment warrants. So let's use Commonwealth Bank as an example. Commonwealth Bank, let's say today is $100. We might have 100 instalment warrants over Commonwealth Bank, you know, with different features. And they might range with different gearing levels. So one might be fairly highly leveraged. So where you borrow, say, $75 of that $100 and you put in $25 yourself. Or we've got some that are, you know, much more moderately leveraged, where it might even be 30 percent geared and you borrow 30% from the bank, the $30, and you put in the $70 yourself. Now, installment warrants have kind of a life. We typically issue them for up to five years. And along the way, depending on which style you select, we've got ones which are what we call self-funding installments. As you mentioned, any dividends from that is used to help pay down the loan. So going back to that Combank example, you've taken an instalment warrant on Combank, it's leveraged. So instead of paying $100 to get one unit of Combank, you might pay, say, $50. You get the benefits of all the dividends and franking credits in the meantime. You do pay interest on the loan. The interest rate depends on the structure. It's approximately 5.05% for our most popular structure being the instalment mini. And the dividends might be used to reduce the loan if you select that style. And over time, you hope that the dividends pay down some of the loan. Now, for whether it does or not, is I like to compare it back to, say, an investment property. Some investment properties are positively geared, some are neutral, and some are negative. There's no right or wrong. depends sometimes how long you've held it for, your leverage, and you're hoping for capital growth. But what you're hoping is over time, some of that loan's paid down, hopefully the share price has gone up, and in 5, 10, 15, 20 years' time, whatever your time frame, you can either pay off the loan if there's any left, or it might even pay off by that time. So you're answering the phone, aren't you? Absolutely. (laughs) What are some of the questions that people are asking? Oh, well, you know, questions like, how do I buy this? And, you know, you're literally just buying it through your share trading account. How does the pricing work? They'll look at the Combank 
warrant and go, well, $30, how does the pricing work if Combank shares fall by $2? So depending on the structures I mentioned, if Combank drops $2, the pricing drops $2. So important things to know, like how the pricing works, what the interest rate cost is, what are some of the features like the stop losses that we've discussed and the amount of risk that is most suitable for you and that you want to take on. So a warrants, I know this is not very easy for you to answer legally, but is it a kind of a less risky product than some other leverage products? There's risk in everything. We have to understand that. Absolutely. It is less risk in the sense that you can only lose what you put in, which is why you can use it in self-managed super funds. You know, not all types of borrowing is allowed in self-managed super funds. This type is because you can only lose what you've put in. But at the same time, as you and I know, Phil, someone buying property, you have a huge suite of people. You've got someone on very high income with a lot of cash flow and they're just buying an investment property and the rent can you know, cover that and they've got a lot of buffer. And on the other end of an investment property, you can have people who are very leveraged. And so just like any type of borrowing, it's how you use the borrowing. What assets are you buying? Are you buying, you know, very blue chip shares? Do you have a long time frame? Have you taken into account things like the volatility in the share market? You know, if things become very volatile, like as we saw in March 2020, where there were huge falls, are you able to kind of sustain that volatility? So the product itself is obviously got the risk, but how you use it is also very important. Talk to us about stop losses. What is a stop loss and how can they be used in warrants? So some of our warrants have a stop loss feature. And so it's important to know which ones you're buying because some of them have. Now, a stop loss basically means you are going to sell out of your position. So that can be good. We all know if we sell out of something and it continues to fall, that's a great thing. But it's not a good thing if you sell out and it bounces and it goes back up and you've basically sold at a bad time. So whether it's good or bad depends on obviously what happens to the market, what's happened to your shares. So the important thing is to select a stop loss which you think is appropriate for you. And what do I mean by that? So let's use Combank as an example. It's $100 today. We might have stop losses on our Combank warrants ranging all the way from $80 down to $30. Now, someone might decide, oh, I really only want to hold it for one week. I don't think Combank's going to fall to $80. But someone else might think, oh, I want to hold this for five years. I want to be quite conservative. I don't think Combank's going to fall to $40 and select the $40 stop loss instead. And tell us about dividend harvesting. This is a strategy that some people use to basically be able to get as many dividends as possible without having to hold the shares as much. How does that work? Yes, so it's quite popular, especially in self-managed super funds. We all know most shares only pay dividends twice a year. So if you hold a share, you're only going to get that two dividend. So what some investors do is after something's paid a dividend, usually for at least 45 days, they will then sell out of that if the share price is smoothed back out and they're not making a loss on that particular trade and then swap into something else that's going to pay a dividend. So using the banks as an example, Combank pays dividend at a different time from NAB, Westpac and ANZ and People, instead of holding Combank for the full year and hold getting two dividends, they'll sell out of Combank after it's paid its dividend, it's gone ex-dividend, and swap into, say, 
a Westpac, ANZ or NAM. And you know, other popular stocks that pay strong dividends now are even the mining stocks. Mm. I'm also interested in finding out how sometimes warrants are issued due to investor demand, like with ETFs recently. Tell us about that. Oh, yes. So we get phone calls all the time from direct investors to brokers and they'll say, oh, you've got these five warrants on, you know, Afterpay at that time was very popular, but, you know, I want something a little bit more leverage. I want something a bit less leverage. And we'll get direct phone calls and even new up and coming stocks that we don't have a warrant over. We'll get phone calls and go, well, you know, look at this stock. Can you issue a warrant on this stock? So obviously it's subject, we need to get approval from the exchange, but we get those phone calls all the time where we can potentially set a new gearing level or issue a new warrant on an ETF or stock that we currently don't have. So what are some of these smaller companies that um, have recently had warrants written over? Names like Paladin. So we've had investors call up about, you know, stocks like Paladin, Imogen, some of the brokers, you know, certain brokers have new IPOs on stocks and they're obviously very popular and we'll get phone calls and feedback from them to issue warrants on them. And what's been growing really quite well is the ETF market. So that's obviously, you know, been growing in popularity. We issue warrants on you know, a lot of the ETF providers like Vanek, Beta shares, Vanguard, BlackRock iShares. Mm. And you also have warrants over whole indexes or indices. I'm never sure what to say. <laughs> so there's all the US indices and Australian indices. Tell us about those. That's probably the most popular warrant we have at nearly any point in time. It's the ASX 200 warrants, the minis on ASX 200 futures. That's the most popular in terms of trading. And the reason is investors who kind of like to trade they want to trade an index because it takes away what we call single stock risk, meaning you suddenly get a company with a bad announcement. And even though the whole market's going up and you've got that trend right, you're holding that one stock, which suddenly has that bad announcement. So people like to hold index because then they're just looking and focusing on getting that broad direction right, rather than you know some specific news out on a stock that's kind of come out left field. So listeners, if they want to find out more about warrants, they can just call you directly, can't they? And talk to you directly at the desk to find out how these products can be used. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a team. So call us 1300 30 70 70. You know, there's warrants, there's lots of different features of them, different risks. So it is important that investors understand them. So absolutely. And we can guide them to what's most appropriate. And the website as well. There's a lot of information and uh, education there as well. Yep, We've got trading guides. We've got videos. It's probably one of the easiest way to find what you're looking for. You know, it's got this select button. You can just go ComBank, long installment mini feature and it'll just give you that list of what you're looking for. Liz Tian, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks very much, Phil. If you found this podcast helpful, please tell a friend, especially if it's someone who needs to start thinking about investing for their future. You'll be helping them and helping me to keep this show on the road. Shares for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not shares for beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thank you for listening to my podcast. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? 
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.